Welcome. The following presentation from Answers in CME is part of an educational activity titled Emerging Trends for Treating Advanced Biliary Tract Cancer. Where does the evidence stand on immunochemotherapy combinations? To access the full program and supporting materials, please visit the activity URL in the episode description. This activity is supported by an educational grant from AstraZeneca. Hello, my name is Arne Vogel. I'm a hepatologist from Hanover in Germany, and I will be discussing with you new treatment options in biliary tract cancer. And I would like to start off with the current guideline recommendations. And I will specifically focus on NCCN and the ESMO guideline. Since I'm one of the authors of the ESMO guideline, I can already give you a glimpse on what you can expect very soon. So one of the first questions we have to address is whether the patient is in a curative setting and whether we can refer him to surgery or other local therapies or whether he is in a more palliative setting and we would recommend systemic therapies. In the NCCN guideline, there is a strong recommendation for a biopsy and also perform molecular testing, including MSI and TMB. And we strongly recommend broad NGS panel to identify druggable alterations, which we can already target at this point in time, which specifically includes FGFR2 fusions, IDH mutations, BRAF mutations, and also NTREC fusions. We have already a couple of FDA approvals, unfortunately not yet by EMA, but there are drugs available for targeted therapies. Despite these options in general, in the first-line setting, we would start treatment with a chemotherapy, gemcitabine cisplatin, that was the standard of care for many years. And since the publication of the TOPAS study, I would say we have a new standard of care, the combination of gemcitabine cisplatin and dovalumab. We have seen a significant survival benefit. We have already seen an FDA approval, and I would consider this as the new standard of care. If there are druggable alterations, we would mainly target them in the second-line setting. Very similar recommendations by the ESMO guideline. We strongly recommend NGS testing to identify the druggable alterations, specifically in intrahepatic cholangiocarcinoma. Additionally, we have the same recommendation for chemotherapy in the first-line setting, gemcitabine, cisplatin, in combination with dovalumab. But as I said before, we are still waiting for the EMAR approval. So in the next session, we will discuss the rationale for combining immunocheckpoint inhibitors and chemotherapy. Now we will be discussing why we are moving towards combination strategies in the field of immune oncology in BTC. First of all, we have to acknowledge that BTCs are very heterogeneous. We have anatomic heterogeneity with intrahepatic, extrahepatic, and gallbladder carcinoma, and we have also genetic heterogeneity. What we have learned in the past is that checkpoint inhibitors alone are really not very effective in BTC. One of the largest studies, the Keynote 158 study, in which pembrolizumab was tested as monotherapy in BTC, the response rate was only around 6%, which I think was very disappointing. From these results, we can conclude that checkpoint inhibitors alone are not sufficiently active in BTC. So how do we proceed? Unfortunately, we do not yet have very good biomarkers to select patients for checkpoint inhibitors. pdl one expression is not suitable as we have again heterogeneity not only between the tumors, but also within the tumors, which makes it very difficult to establish a good pdl one score in BTC. 
And what we have seen so far is that with PDL1, we cannot really select patients for checkpoint inhibitors. There's usually a slightly higher response rate, which, however, does not translate to longer median overall survival. So it's not a good biomarker for selecting our patients. Another possibility would be to look for tumor agnostic checkpoint inhibitor biomarkers such as TMB or MSI. However, unfortunately, we have to acknowledge that these biomarkers are very rare in BTC, less than 4% for TMB and only around 1% for MSI. So they are also not really suitable to identify patients for checkpoint inhibitors. At last but not least, we also have to acknowledge that when we look at later transcriptome profiling, that the majority of tumors are actually cold tumors. And only 10 to 30% of BTCs are so-called immunogenic tumors in which we might be more successful with checkpoint inhibitors. However, we do not yet have good biomarkers to really identify these tumors in daily clinical practice. So with that, we can conclude that BTCs are in the majority cold tumors. Checkpoint inhibitors alone have a very low response rate and they are not active enough to be used in BTC. We do not really have good biomarkers to identify the respondents. Therefore, we need to use a different approach. And the different approach would be the combination with chemotherapy, which I would like to discuss with you in the next session. In this session, I would like to discuss the current evidence for the combination of chemotherapy with checkpoint inhibitors. In the Meditremia study from South Korea, the combination of gemcitabine and cisplatin-based chemotherapy with dovalumab and or trimelimumab really resulted in meaningful clinical responses, which also translated to a long progression-free and overall survival. So there was a clear rationale to test this combination in the global phase 3 TOPA study, which looked at the combination of gemcitabine cisplatin with dovalumab and tested against the old standard of care gemcitabine and cisplatin alone. And the study was positive with a significant increase in median overall survival from 11.3 to 12.9 months and a clear improvement in respect to the hazard ratio of 0.76. This does not sound like a big difference. However, when you look at the curves, you can see that there are more patients with long-term survival in the combination arm. And not only was overall survival improved with the addition of dovalumab, but also progression-free survival and the overall response rate. So all efficacy endpoints were improved. But how can we now further improve outcomes with checkpoint inhibitors in BTC? In one small proof-of-concept study, which we have just published at ESMO, the ImmuCheck study, we compare four different arms of combination chemotherapy with checkpoint inhibitors to the control arm with gemcitabine and cisplatin. And interestingly enough, the combination of duovalumab and trimulimumab, single high dose of trimulimumab adding to gemcitabine and cisplatin had the longest overall survival compared to all other arms, indicating that this might also be an interesting combination and that CTLF4 might be an active component in BTC, as we have seen in hepatocellular carcinoma. Before we proceed with further combinations, we are very much looking forward to the results next year from the Keynote 966 study, which is also a large phase 3 study looking at the efficacy of the addition of a single checkpoint inhibitor, in this case pembrolizumab, in combination with gemcitabine cisplatin compared to gemcitabine cisplatin alone. In summary, we now have clinical data supporting the use of immunotherapy in combination with gemcitabine cisplatin as the standard of care for patients with BTC. In the future, 
other immunotherapy-based combination regimens may be available. We are awaiting data from these ongoing trials. In the next session, I would like to discuss the safety of the combination of checkpoint inhibitors with gemcitabine and cisplatin-based chemotherapy. In this session, I would like to discuss the safety of the checkpoint inhibitor dovalumab in combination with gemcitabine and cisplatin. Overall, it really appears to be a very safe regimen with little difference between the placebo arm and the dovalumab arm in treatment-related adverse events leading to discontinuation or to death. And this is also true for immune-mediated adverse events. We observed a slight increase, of course, but even here, the incidence of grade 3 or higher side effects was really low, 2.4% with the addition of dovalumab compared with 1.5% with placebo. One of the most frequent side effects we observed was hypothyroid events, not unexpectedly, of course, and all grades 1 or 2. It will also be important to watch for the data from the Keynote 966 study with pembrolizumab, which will not only tell us more about the efficacy of checkpoint inhibitors combined with chemotherapy, but also on the safety aspect. Despite the very favorable safety profile, we need to acknowledge that in clinical trials, we usually treat patients with a specific profile. These are fit patients, which we do not always see in clinical practice. And for trials with checkpoint inhibitors, we also do not include patients with autoimmune diseases, specifically those who require immunosuppressive therapy. So this is something you need to consider when you decide on checkpoint inhibitors in your daily clinical practice. In summary, at this point in time, we can clearly conclude that the addition of dovalumab does not add a lot of toxicity to gemcitabine and cisplatin-based chemotherapy, but we are awaiting the data on pembrolizumab in the Keynote 966 study. So in the next session, we would like to discuss the future of treatment of biliary tract cancer and how we can integrate checkpoint inhibitors with chemotherapy into our treatment algorithm. In this last session, I would like now to discuss how we can personalize systemic therapy in BTC. We need to determine whether we have a liver-limited or liver-dominant disease or whether we have patients with extrahepatic metastases. Because in those patients with liver-limited disease, you also need to consider local therapy, maybe not as first-line therapy in the palliative setting, but as something that could be evaluated over the course of the disease. These patients might benefit not only from surgery when we get them to downstaging, but maybe also from intra-arterial therapies such as Y90 Zird therapy. In those who are not candidates for local therapy, we have the standard of care gemcitabine, cisplatin, and today with the addition of dovalumab. Of course, this also depends on the ECOG performance status of the patient. In patients with an ECOG of 2 or higher, if we decide on systemic therapy at all, gemcitabine monotherapy might be an appropriate option. Importantly, once we have diagnosed an advanced tumor that requires systemic therapy, we need to perform molecular testing to decide which options do we have for targeted therapies, if any. If you have a patient with one of the rare IO-based biomarkers like TMB-high or MSI-high, we might consider pembrolizumab as we have there a tumor agnostic approval, at least by FDA. And then, of course, we have the fleet of targeted therapies. And here, as mentioned earlier, we need to do broad NGS testing. There might be druggable alterations in up to 40% of cases, including FGFR2 fusions, IDH1 mutations, NTRAC fusions, KRAS mutations, BRAF mutations, ERBB2 genetic alterations. So a lot of different targets for which we have targeted therapies available already today. 
And this should be evaluated as early as possible in our patients with advanced BTC because they have really a grim prognosis. So in conclusion, we have now a lot of options in BTC, which is really exciting. And it's really critical to perform NGS testing in patients with biliary tract cancer, specifically in patients with intrahepatic cholangiocarcinoma, but also extrahepatic cholangiocarcinoma and gallbladder cancer, because there are so many druggable alterations, which can really have a profound effect on the outcome of our patients. For those who do not have druggable alterations, we have now a new standard of care, gemcitabin cisplatin plus checkpoint inhibitor. At the moment, we have the data from Topaz-1, and hopefully we will get soon the data from the Keynote 966 study, which will most likely add additional evidence for the use of checkpoint inhibitors in BTC. Thank you for listening. Please visit the activity URL in the episode description to view all program materials, complete the post-test, and get a certificate.